Hey guys, episode 10 of Regent Rewind. Welcome back. It is the 17th of July, 2020. Let's get into it. So the first thing that I want to discuss in social, a lot of stuff has happened in social in the last week or so. Uh, Twitter got hacked. So this was a few days ago and it wasn't a small scale hack. Um, large, influential, uh, verified accounts ranging from Kanye West, Joe Biden, Elon Musk, Barack Obama, Apple, um, were all hacked and they all started tweeting about a cryptocurrency scam. Uh, about $100,000 worth um, of, so about $100,000 was sent to this wallet where all these big accounts said, if you send money to this wallet, I'll send you double back. Now, that's not terrible considering that the, the overall reach of these accounts is probably in the tens, if not hundreds of millions. Uh, I find it interesting that it was only around $100,000 uh, worth of damage, which I think could have been a lot worse. Perhaps not everyone saw the tweet. Obviously, the tweets were taken down very, very quickly. Like, they weren't, you know, um, left out there for, for hours or anything like that. Um, but what I do think is interesting now is Twitter's in a very interesting position because its trust has been massively dented, not from the major public, but from very high-profile individuals. So Apple, for example, have a Twitter account, but they've never tweeted on it because I guess that's their strategy of, you know, silence is golden. We don't need to tweet to get your attention. We're Apple. And now they've they've tweeted, obviously, without wanting to. So I think they'll be reviewing their presence on Twitter. And I don't think this is going to take Twitter down or anything. I think that is just very unfortunate. Jack Dorsey made a really decent statement and said, you know, we're really sorry that this happened. We feel terrible. Everyone knows in the world of tech at the moment, anyone is a target. And you know what? They did some research and it wasn't some super, super sophisticated, long tail attack that took years and years and years to do. Um, it was a pretty clever piece of social engineering. So Twitter have an internal tool that they use for admin accounts and someone um, essentially used social engineering cleverly to dupe Twitter's staff into giving access to this tool for a couple of minutes. And that's all it took really. So whilst I think it's very unfortunate, I don't think it's going to permanently damage Twitter or anything like that. I do think they're naturally going to be reviewing all of their internal security policies and protocols because remember they're a publicly trading company. They need their shareholders confidence to ensure that they are still valued. Um, but yeah, I thought it was quite unfortunate. But again, like everyone blew this out of proportion. It's really terrible. It happened. It shouldn't have happened. And there should be, uh, you know, uh, sort of systems in place to prevent anything like this happening. But we're all living and learning in a world that's moving very quickly. So I think any company could have been the victim of this. And to be honest, like go back to 2014, what happened to iCloud? You know, celebrities had very intimate, intimate photos uh, leaked from their iCloud. Um, and then we've got the Sony hack of what was it like 2011, where like everyone's details released. Zynga got hacked recently. Um, you know, even Canva, the, one of the best infographic tools on the market. Um, you know, they, they suffered a small lapse in security as well. So like everyone's open to this and everyone's vulnerable. And the best thing to do is to be open and honest and tell your users what's happened and then move on and improve your security. So um, yeah, that was, uh, that was Twitter and I kind of read up on that a few days ago. Now, talking about social, um, the US have said yesterday that they might ban TikTok which I find really interesting. So the US is obviously waging this sort of quasi, you know, pseudo war in tech with China. Um, they obviously don't like Huawei and they're sort of banning their uh, their presence in certain places. They've, they've pushed the UK to ban 5G Huawei kit uh, when they've succeeded. And I'll talk about that in a second. But the US said that we may ban TikTok, like India's banned TikTok, because we don't trust 
um, it to look after our users, our, our, our citizens' security very well, and we think that they're funneling information and data to um, the Chinese government. I don't know if that's true. Like, I, I know that it's a pretty shady app in, in terms of how much data it gets and how much it should actually need to function. Like, it scrapes a lot, but so does Facebook, so does Instagram, uh, so do a lot of these social media tools that we sign up to. I think if the US banned TikTok, it will be more of a slap in the face to themselves because they've just shown that they are afraid of influence from a Chinese app being more popular than their own technology. And TikTok in return, I mean, they, they hired uh, a new CEO you know, from America to give it a more sort of Western look overall. And obviously a huge number of their user base are in America and they like the app and they use it every single day. Uh, I think banning it isn't a good idea. Remember, the people using this app essentially are shaping culture at the moment. You know, these are the guys, Gen Z and millennials to an extent, are very, very active on social media to the point where they are the, the demographic behind viral trends without knowing it a lot of the time. They make things happen. You know, you've got this cancel culture, which I don't support at all, but uh, a lot of the time you can have this avalanche of support or this avalanche of criticism uh, that can change uh, the, the timeline for people. You know, that it can change people's lives. It can change the outcome for companies. It can even influence elections. So I don't think it's a good idea to just rip it away from people. I think they actually need to do research and like get definitive evidence of what TikTok's doing and then present it to people because then at least they can try and get people on site to say, hey, this app is actually stealing all your information. Um, banning it blindly is probably not a good idea. I found it interesting that TikTok in the UK has taken out a massive TV campaign. So, you know, I've seen it two, three times now. And obviously on Sky, everyone's ads are personalized because of like, Sky Ad Smart. But I've seen three different ads on three different channels promoting TikTok. And it's, it's positioning it as a lifestyle app. And it's not even saying download, like at the end of it, there's no call to action. It's just TikTok because they know people know about the app and they're interested, they've heard of it, but they just need to be angled in the right way because they think it's that kiddie app. In the ad, you've got people that are like 50 years old using it, 40 years old, 20 years old, and then obviously you've got the 15 year olds using it as well. This ad isn't aimed at the younger lot because they're already on it. I think it's aimed at people my age and above who are a little bit unsure about it. And I think in a way, older demographics, seeing something on TV is a, is a tick, uh, it's like a check mark of verification, you know, that yeah, this is a serious company, they've spent money on a TV campaign, these guys are here to stay. Um, and I think that's quite interesting. It would be fascinating to see how many people they actually pick up from these campaigns. Obviously, it's, it's rough. It, it's, it's tough to measure this because it's, uh, it's just rough data we're working with. Um, now, the last thing on TikTok, um, they're offering free ads to people. So if you run an agency or a small business, by the way, TikTok ads is open to everyone at the moment. And they emailed and they said, you know, we can give you £240 of free ads that's just free ad credit if you use tiktok for the first time for your ads and then on top of that we will match the next 1600 pounds so you spend 1600 they'll spend 1600 on their side as well for you um which is pretty generous now on one side it's helping people because they want to promote their business during an epidemic uh, a pandemic sorry and it is very tough to do so on the flip side i don't think tiktok ads have taken off like they wanted and i i've spoken to a bunch of agency owners and i've looked around some of them are offering advertising on TikTok. However, a lot of agencies are taking the much more sensible approach of partnering with influencers because they just have a way more uh, effective output from people that already have an engaged audience rather than trying to target people based on very basic interests at the moment. Um, 
So I think I'll use it to be honest and I'll see how it goes and I'll probably do a soft campaign for the company and see, I'll report back to you guys. Um, Facebook now. So Facebook have redesigned, um, so like in, shopping on Instagram essentially has been redesigned a little bit now and it's powered by Facebook Pay, meaning you can just check out with like a swipe and a tap, which is very interesting. I think Facebook's trying to eat e-commerce, which is you know not surprising considering they've eaten so many other things before in their in their rise to becoming a Goliath. I think e-commerce where someone leaves and goes to a Shopify store, that irks them because they could take a piece of that revenue and they have. So on Instagram now, you can obviously shop. You don't even have to go through to a product page. You can just buy that thing from Facebook Pay and it will just link to your credit card and you're done, um, which is very interesting. And I think influencers, this will really, really help them because obviously there is a bounce rate when you take someone to a new page anywhere in the world. And this kind of reduces that significantly. Um, Facebook, interestingly, is also going to be reminding everyone to wear a mask from the 24th of July. So in the UK, it is mandatory now to wear a mask on the 24th of July onwards as a £100 fine if you don't, you know, when you're in uh, businesses and restaurants and stuff. Um, I guess obviously if you're in a restaurant and you need to eat food, you can take it off. But I, I think, you know, in shopping centres and everything, you have to wear a mask, um, which I think is um, a good idea considering we're trying to contain the spread and things aren't looking great at the moment. So, uh, yeah, Facebook said, you know, we want to do our bit and, and remind you, like they remind you to vote on election day. They're going to be doing that, which is a quaint little feature. Um, Instagram Reels now. So Facebook, obviously the parent company of Instagram, launched something called Lasso in 2018. It's like a standalone app that was meant to compete with the likes of Snapchat and I guess a very infant style TikTok back in 2018. Um, it didn't do very well and they shut it down because it was, well, um, probably not very good and it didn't really connect with the users very well. So they've made Instagram Reels, which is an in-app feature on Instagram that behaves very very similarly to TikTok, 15 second reels, you can add your background music, your transitions and everything, and it's very accessible from within the Instagram app. Now we know what Instagram's like when it wants to take someone out because we saw what it did with stories, right? So we had Snapchat stories as the primary way to share updates of your day. Instagram stories came out and just, in my opinion, um, took over the market. And that's not just an opinion, the data also shows that a lot of people you know, hundreds of millions of people prefer to use Instagram stories over Snapchat stories. And I'm not saying that Snapchat's gonna die or anything. I think it's got its own angle to work on, but Instagram stories really took a chunk out of their market. And I think with Reels, I don't know. Um, I think the idea of TikTok being a standalone app is very strong. I think adding it into Instagram, I'm not sure how it will work. I need to try it out myself. If it gets mass take up and people start using it, and especially if in the next week, uh, TikTok is banned in the States or any other country, Instagram Reels will just pick up the, the traffic where they are. Because remember, Facebook has lost its younger audience. Gen Z think Facebook's for old people. And Instagram is losing them at the moment. So Instagram, you've still got a lot of uh, younger uh, individuals. So that demographic of like 13 to 18, are still using Instagram, but as it becomes more crowded with middle-aged people, it's just the natural, like, uh, you know, osmosis of as soon as some, uh, the elderly people move in, and I'm talking elderly as in I'm also in that demographic. So like, to, to them, you know, to a 15 year old, a 28 year old is ancient. So when, I, when people like me and people above my age move into a platform, the younger lot kind of drop it and move off so to somewhere where they're not bothered. Um, which is why TikTok's done quite well. And obviously they poke fun at, um, you know, people that are in their eyes old and on TikTok, which I find quite interesting. Um, 
but yeah if instagram reels can kind of pick up that traffic i think it can do very very well um now moving into um search news so there are new tactics for google discover so google discover are the little snippets you get at the top of your um search bar when you search for something so you know if you search for i don't know how to tie a shoelace or something the google discover card at the top of your phone will just give you that information um one of the things was very interesting so they've like published a whole new process on how to get on google discover and it's all obviously very general because they don't want to make it too procedural but one of the things was avoid manipulating um appeal by catering to morbid curiosity titillation and outrage which is essentially 70% of the news I see, even from journalists nowadays. Um, so again, they use the words morbid curiosity, titillation and outrage. So we're, we're not talking about like the old school spam of you'll never guess what this woman did to her face. We're literally talking about like stuff I saw just yesterday. This shocking iPhone rumor turns out to be true, something like that. And that was from a pretty prominent publisher as well. Stuff like that stops you from getting onto Google Discover, which means they're looking for high quality content that's non-biased and looking to actually, you know, impart information and value rather than just trying to get clicks. Because I think if you're on Google Discover, you don't have to worry about getting clicks. You're going to be getting them. So you might as well just offer really high quality content. So there's going to be a choice to be made with a lot of digital publishers and traditional publishers. Do you follow curiosity, morbid curiosity, titillation and outrage and try and rank amongst the masses to get your clicks? Or do you produce high quality content, wait a while, lose out for a little while because you're not going to get recognised and then with the right strategy, focus on becoming a Google Discover featured provider? Um, personally, I think the latter is a much better idea but um, we'll see how things go. I mean, publishing is in a very interesting spot at the moment. Um, now, in terms of uh, general news now, just finishing up really, um, Huawei has, their 5G tech has been banned in the UK now. So I think the USA obviously have uh, some problems with Huawei, putting it lightly. And Boris Johnson recently announced that 5G tech from Huawei, we're not, um, this is different to like, their phones and everything by the way like Huawei provide technology for 5G masts in the UK and um, in a massive U-turn that's going to cost uh, over 100 million pounds uh, because obviously the country has that money at the moment um, 5G is banned and by 2027 all the tech should be stripped now the only thing I found interesting about this is the government have said by 2027 so in seven years time all the tech will be stripped from masts. Considering their track record, and most governments, not just this one, most governments, and worldwide we're talking, if they say two years, it means five. If they say five years, it usually means nearer 10. They've said seven years. So I don't think they're gonna strip out this tech anytime soon. I think it'll probably take like 11 to 12 years before it's completely gone. And they've just made a statement here um, to, to show that you know we're not willing to compromise the security of our citizens. I don't even know if they're dangerous. I've done some research on this and there's nothing definitive. Everyone's got an opinion on Huawei 5G masts. And obviously there are conspiracy theories that it is causing coronavirus, which I am uh, an ardent, um, I don't believe in that. Uh, just putting it very lightly, I think that's complete rubbish. But people do say that it is uh, stealing information and it's siphoning it off to the Communist Party. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but I think the UK government aren't willing to take the risk and they obviously have more information on this than me. So they've banned them. And the Chinese uh, embassy released a statement and said this has 
massively damaged trust between the UK and China. So I think the UK has kind of picked the US's side here through that special relationship rather than China's side. And this, you know, technology aside, this is a statement to say we stand with the US, uh, which in time will prove to be a good or poor choice. Um, now, in terms of uh, just finishing off here, you know, Gmail is getting a massive revamp. If you've got a Gmail, you're going to see all your stuff moved into one place from Google Drive, Keep, Meetings. It's probably the biggest revamp they've done since launching. So it's going to be a lot cleaner, a little bit faster, apparently, as well. And um, it's going to be a much better user experience for people like me that have moved away to apps like Spark and like Superhuman, which are male clients that just do a better job than the native Gmail one because it's so slow and buggy. Um, but no, they've said that they've, they've unified everything into one place and they think that people are going to love it. So that's being launched um, imminently and it's already been launched for a couple of countries. I think we'll probably get it within the next couple of weeks. So that's everything for this week. Thanks for tuning in to Regent Rewind. I will be back next week with more news. Uh, stay safe and uh, thanks for your time. Bye bye. <laughs>